Hello and welcome to Book Lovers Companion. My name is Edith and I'm here with my lovely co-host, the Chattering Teacup. Hello, Teacup. Hello. And with us, a wonderful guest, Bogdan Rip. Completely wrong pronunciation, I'm sure. He is here with us via Zoom. You are on the coast of the Black Sea. Yes, I'm right here, next to the coast. Hello. And we are just in the 21st district in Vienna. Far away from the sea. Yes, but you, you have the Danube next to you, so... Uh... Yes, we do, actually. You are, you are right. And the Danube, it's, uh, it, it comes into the Black Sea, so we are linked in a way. Yes, we are. That's something we have in common, don't we? But the river, yeah, the Danube. Danube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it would take a few days to get there. By e ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you also said before we started our recording that you have links to Austria, family links to Austria. Yes, my uh, grand uh, grandfather, it was uh, an Austrian uh, uh, art craft working in wood came in uh, he was from uh, the great austrian empire he came into southern romania we say the old kingdom without mm -hmm. transylvania <laughs> in uh, 1904 mm -hmm. he came to bucharest uh, and he has a sort of uh, small factory mm -hmm. repairing uh, chariots and uh, mm -hmm. furniture art furniture and things like that and uh, of course during the second world war it was a little bit complicated yeah russians uh, he was uh, not a romanian ethnic uh, person so yeah uh, like in the whole europe we had some problems his name is uh, was Alfred, uh, I think, Alfred von Broda, he's from Linz. Mm -hmm. And when I was for the first time uh, in, in Linz and uh, when I saw the Danube there, it was like, uh, I don't know, my heart was, was connected for the first mm -hmm. time with my uh, ancestors. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I think, for the central and eastern part of Europe, we all are in a sort of melting pot. Mm. In Romania, there are all a lot of people uh, with uh, mixed uh, ancestors like that. We are uh, we are not quite Romanians. We are Hungarians, Austrian, yeah. Greeks, Bulgarians, yeah. uh, and so on. Yeah, Polish, Ukrainian, and uh, yeah, true. So uh, we have another link between us. Yes, definitely. The past is also an important link between us, isn't it? I mean, the empire, like you said, influenced a lot. Yeah, yeah of course. Some sure. changes are still here. Yeah, abs absolutely. Bogdan, you are a journalist, a civil engineer, a photographer, editor, and you are also a professor at the Bucharest University. And you have your own publishing company, uh, co-owned. Mm, yes. That's a and lot. I, and I have another, I have some shares. I, I was the founder of another publishing house in Romania. Uh, yeah, that it's a lot, but uh, only several of these uh, occupations, like I said, I... I really worked on it so i'm i'm, I'm a civil engineer by education mm -hmm. but i finished my my faculty uh, just in the moment when the Romanian revolution has come so mm -hmm. i had only a diploma and that's all and I, I never worked on a civil engineer ah, okay. so and i was in the early 90s i was a journalist i was a photographer before it's a hobby because my mm -hmm. father was also a sort of a, mm -hmm. Uh, photographer as, as a hobby and I, I just have that you know that old fashioned film cameras <laughs> in metal with uh, yeah. with glass lenses not mm -hmm. in plastic like now yeah. and uh, I had all these cameras around me so I was photographer as yeah. a hobby I, I, I make 
photographs as a hobby. And for this reason, when the revolution comes and after that, there uh, were a lot of new newspapers on the market. Mm. And I was for several years journalist and I mean, photographer and uh, and. Uh, journalist for an important daily newspaper in Bucharest. But from 1993, I started a publishing company mm-hmm. called uh, Tritonic, and it's it's still on the market. We, mm-hmm. we publish a lot of academic books and fiction, mm-hmm. and of course, mystery and thriller, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, of course, it's more more and more complicated because I'm a publisher, a Romanian publisher and a sort of British publisher. <laughs> and I'm a crime writer and I teach. I'm a full-time teacher in the university in Bucharest in uh, cultural management. It's sort of strange to say that it, it could be a cultural management, but it is. We must do a lot of things on this field in the future, I think, in a future uh, full of uh, artificial intelligence in which mm-hmm. we, the normal uh, People must be more and more creative and find more and more ideas to invent something, to write something, to make culture stuff. I don't know what kind of culture, from from toys to films and books. Would you say that's what you do or what we should do to keep important? Otherwise, artificial mm. intelligence makes us obsolete? I think in the future, to be an accountant of a sort of office assistant or job like this, it's it, it will be obsolete because uh, as an accountant, I think a machine could uh, could do the the, the numbers, to, to can manage the numbers. But if you really want to write a novel, uh, paint, uh, I don't know, a landscape, yeah. uh, make a movie, uh, you must be a human. Yeah. I, this is my opinion. Yeah. Even there are some people which are invented, some uh, robots which could uh, paint or uh, yeah. invent uh, stories or things like that. I really think that in the future, human being must be more and more creative in this culture of field of uh, literature, yeah. culture, movies, uh, yeah. making toys, why not? Yeah. Making games. Do you think even if machines start to think for themselves and would in some way be creative, one uh, we as humans would be able to see if it's made by a human or a machine? I'm not so sure about that, but I think the the intelligence, the artificial intelligence, will create something uh, very logical, mm-hmm. very mathematical, and I think the people, the the human being, must be enough crazy to invent something absolutely illogical, something yeah. l- l- like a crime story, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, something not normal, something not logical, something something unexpected, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think the machine can the, can uh, make a sort of logical investigation with some unlogical persons or uh, situation. Mm, yeah. Happily, I think we'll still have things to do in this world. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so indeed. And that also brings me to my first question. You're also the vice president of the Romanian Crime Writers Club. Yes, I was. I'm not now, but I yeah. was for, for several years because now I have too many, too many things to do. And it was <laughs> an, uh, an initiative, uh, I think, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't have too many uh, writers, crime mm-hmm. writers. Uh, we had during the Ceausescu period some of uh, a sort of, let's say, uh, new age, new, ten, new, new way of expressing things. Mm-hmm. in a sort of uh, very uh, own by state 
literature. I know I'm, I mean not owned by state, but uh, a center of the on on the state militia and the securitate services, mm-hmm. in, in, an intelligence service of uh, mm-hmm. the communist regime. So on on, on that period, uh, uh, all the bad guys come uh, came from uh, west, and that uh, great uh, militia officers and the securitate officers. Uh, Uh, works very hard to push back all these uh, invaders from west yeah. and during the 80s there were several uh, writers which are trying to improve i mean not improve to make some real novels with investigators and one of the most important in my opinion still alive quite old it's 70 and something years old is george arivon he has also a book translated in english uh, attack in the library translated a few years ago in 2011 i think by a small uh, uh, british publisher called profusion he was the first one that he chose a different kind of character mm-hmm. not a militiaman mm-hmm. not a intelligence uh, communist officer but a journalist mm-hmm. and i i could say that my own my own main character it's a sort of his kind of uh, main characters mm-hmm. he's uh, andrei mladin he, he it, it is the name of this character he's still writing and he has new novels even this year i think mm-hmm. uh, and and my selian montan is a, not quite only journalists is more like me it's also a publisher it's a, a, a man doing uh, good things for his friends uh, helping friends you know okay yeah but i think it's in the same direction of uh, a new kind of character mm-hmm. uh, not quite detective mm-hmm. with a, a badge mm-hmm. not uh, quite a policeman with a badge mm-hmm. but a guy who knows other guys who have some networks who could help a policeman, a police mm-hmm, uh, commissioner, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I could say my uh, second main character, uh, the, the second degree of uh, main characters is a police police commissioner. Now he's a chief commissioner, but uh, in the early books it was only an inspector. Mm-hmm. I think the, the ranks in, in police forces are different in each country, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. you must be very careful when yeah. you talk uh, <laughs> in English about the Romanian ranks or yeah. Austrian ranks. But now it's much older, but uh, in 2006, when uh, I have published my first crime fiction novel, he was a very young inspector uh, investigating with this Telian Montano, which was a sort of a journalist working for a Romanian police yeah. as a freelancer. Yeah. And uh, from that time, there are more and more uh, authors which try to, uh, let's say, uh, improve the market on mm-hmm. crime fiction, on the Romanian crime fiction field. Okay. Because when we start uh, 10 years ago, when we have started uh, 10 years ago, we were uh, six, six or seven. Yeah. And now I think we are around 12, not mm-hmm. much. The mm-hmm. Icelandic guys are more than us. <laughs> we have 19 million people. Yes. Yes, isn't, yeah. isn't it astonishing? <laughs> It's absolutely astonishing. And, uh, I'm very, very jealous on Iceland. Yeah, you know? I can imagine. Yeah, I think Icelanders uh, have to at least write one book in their life. Uh, one crime fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Crime fiction, not other kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, absolutely. The others are on top yeah. of that. And I mean, it's not—it's not just that. But I mean, there are three hundred about three hundred thousand people. Yeah. Next crime is next to not existent, and yet. Yeah, I think uh, it's a murder each 20 years. Or yes, something like yes, that. yes, and and yet they have so many crime writers and so many successful crime writers. Yeah, and they write it believable. 
Yes, but they're not really don't know what they're talking about because it doesn't exist there. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have a very good imagination. I don't know. Yeah, and it, I think it was a very good moment to promote. You know, after all this uh, very old, the the great founders of the Nordic Noir, like uh, Henrik Mankel and uh, other yeah. guys from the past, now they have a very good image on the market. I think yeah. uh, all the three, four, five. Even six Nordic country, we can't. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how to pronounce the Faroe Island. Also had some yeah. prime writers. I, yeah. I heard about two or three. So it's about Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Iceland, and uh, Faroe Island. I think there are a huge force now. Yeah, absolutely. And I also wanted to ask you what drew you to crime fiction in the first place. Why crime fiction? Why not any other? Genre. Wow, it's it's very 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 easy to answer to a question like that because when I was a kid, I have started with, of course, I have started with uh, Jules Verne and uh, uh, Alexandre Dumas, uh, with Le Trois Mousquetaires and uh, Twenty Thousand. Uh, uh, how do you say Twenty Thousand Miles Underwater? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, some other uh, classic novels of uh, Jules Verne. But after that, when I was uh, 12, mm -hmm. 13, 14 years old, I discovered uh, Agatha Christie and Raymond Chandler and uh, Georges Simenon and, uh, I don't know, Sebastien Japrisot and a lot of others. Because even there were a, a communist regime, there are some novels which are criticizing the capitalism <laughs> world, like Raymond Chandler. <laughs> so they were very good for the... Uh, for the state to watch to show to the people hey. how bad it is to live in the USA. <laughs> so, uh, and for this reason, you must read, of course, Raymond Chandler. <laughs> and uh, how bad is in in UK? So you must read Agatha Christie. <laughs> you, you can see how many crazy people are there, how many murders. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, have, I was very lucky to read all these novels. I think in in that period. Each year, the uh, the state-owned publishers, because we had yeah. on that period, uh, I think around 28 state-owned publishers. They had published, I think, yearly around 20 novels. So I had a lot of classics. Mm -hmm. So when I was very young, I read a lot of classics, mm -hmm. and I was, I don't know, in love with this genre. <laughs> so my secret uh, dream was one day to write uh, um, a crime novel. Huh. And first of all, I, I was a I was a publisher, and in the early 2000s, when we started crime scene series in mm -hmm. Tritonic, mm -hmm. uh, in in the publishing house, we said, okay, we have a lot of translations, but let's find some Romanians. Yeah, and there are no Romanians. There was only one at that time. I told you that George Arim and the others were uh, not alive, and some new are new commerce that are not yet there. Yeah. And I said, why not? During a holiday on the Greek side, I just started to write with my with a pen on paper. The first, the Greek connection, my first novel, mm -hmm. talking each evening with a, a boss of a Greek taverna, a Greek fish taverna called Stelios. And from there, it was the name of my character, Elian. Uh -huh. So nothing, it's nothing, it's uh, un, um, difficult to, to explain. Mm -hmm. you, you, I can explain everything. I'm, I'm an engineer. <laughs> I, I could explain everything. <laughs> so as an engineer, if I have a lot of talks with Stelios, so my main character was Stelian. I don't know why Montano, but Montano because I'm, I'm from Bucharest and Bucharest in a plane. And the plane is very hot. So my dream is was to one day to have a uh, house in the mountains. So 
because I don't have a house in the mountains. My main character is Montano, the guy from the mountain. So <laughs> something from Greece and from the mountains and voila, Stelian Montano. There he is. And you said the Greek connection, the it Greek was connection. your first one. The first, the first book, it was a mm -hmm. very classic police procedural mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of hit the road jack around <laughs> Europe, yeah. from Bucharest to some Greek islands with a very strange uh, Greek inspector. So after that, with a long flight to Rome. After that, some uh, uh, mysterious uh, guys uh, somewhere around Vienna yep. in Presbaum. It's a guest house in Presbaum where... Uh, Slightly outside of Vienna. Yeah, it's outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually I don't write about places in which I was never been. So I was there in Presbaum and I slept several times in a guest house. So yeah. I, I I used in the book that guest house uh. and that that place. And uh, in, in another novel, there are a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of action on the Maria Hilferstrasse mm -hmm. in, in Vienna. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, in New York or in London where I was. So the first one, it's like that. From uh, Rome to Vienna, from Vienna to Paris. It was a sort of uh, long investigation across Europe, mm -hmm. finding some, uh, resolving some crimes in which a lot of European uh, policemen are uh, involved. Yeah. Austrian commissar, French inspector, and some others. Uh, in the end, it was, I, I don't want to say what is about it, but they, they started with some, uh, how you say, uh, full first uh, coats. Mm -hmm. You know, in Greece, they, they sell each summer when they have tourists, they say they sell, they, uh, sell coats for the winter. <laughs> We have an uh, expression like that, a word of wisdom. In Romanian, you must buy sledge during the summer uh, to be prepared for the winter. Mm -hmm. so it's makes, like that. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense, I, th yeah. I would say. But it wasn't the first one that was translated into English, was it? The first no. one that was translated into English, as far as I know, was Kill the General. Kill the General is the fourth yeah. in the series. It's the, it's the most uh, famous, let's say, because I have also a prize in Romania for it. And it's more psychological. And Kill the General has a lot of parts of the action in Austria, in Vienna. On Maria Hilferstrasse, in some uh, hotels next to Maria Hilferkirche. I was there several times to uh, make some uh, measurements to see exactly if a sniper could uh, <laughs> uh, kill somebody from a peak shop Saturn next to the <laughs> Maria Hilferstrasse. Uh, church and it was a little bit complicated it, I spent some days there but it was wonderful uh, and <laughs> uh, it's more psychological because my main character Stelian Montano it's on, on the on the edge because uh, he could pass to the other side to the devil side mm -hmm. the evil side mm -hmm. because uh, he has a lot of uh, debts he has a lot of loans he must pay a lot And he doesn't have uh, contracts. He, mm -hmm. He's not anymore a journalist. Mm -hmm. But he was, during the army, a very good sniper. And a very strange, not so important character, but I think it's very, very uh, mysterious like that. It's an uh, ex-Russian spy. Mm -hmm. Now, um, uh, how the French says, a lot of threats. He speaks very good English. He smokes only very good cigarettes. And uh, he were wearing very good clothes, English clothes, but he appears in some uh, several moments, even in the first novel, 
in uh, the Greek connection and uh, helps the good guys only with uh, an advice and information and mm-hmm. sometimes with a bullet, <laughs> very precisely. And on, on uh, Kill the General, he uh, contacted Selian uh, and said, if you need some money, I could help you to earn that money. I can give you 5,000 euros just to kill a man. A man, a next general from your uh, Romanian army. And the, the novel has two parts, one in the 80s and one nowadays. Because Telian, uh, when he see the target, he recognized that ge- in that general, a captain from his past, from the period in the 80s, when he is uh, on his uh, military duty service back in uh, back in Romania in the Ceausescu period. And he realized that that good guy from the past now could be his target. So the dilemma is it's necessary to take the money and solve your problems and kill probably an innocent man. And he is that person it's innocent or not? Mm-hmm. I can tell you only another small detail. At the end, not at the end. In the middle, he doesn't kill the general, but the general dies. Oh. And of course, like in a crime fiction novel or film or movie, he is accused that he kills. That yeah. Guy. So sounds intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, it's more psychological. Yeah. 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 You know, my my novels are not quite the same. I tried on each new novel to change a little bit uh, the let's say the subgenre mm-hmm. because first of first the greek connection it's more classic post police procedural with uh, all these details like in a normal uh, uh, let's say uh, not raymond chandler but something between raymond chandler and agatha christie let's say the second one the curse of the manuscript it was a sort of romanian replica to the da vinci code ah okay, okay. It's written with another author. I am only the co-author, and the other it's it's it was it it still is an historian, uh, a radio mm-hmm. journalist, and an historian. And we have a past, a, 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 a B uh, story in the past uh, from uh, the the year 1000 somewhere in in uh, the south of Romania. It's sort of talking about the founders of the first small kingdom of the first. Romanian small kingdom in the past in the Middle Age mm-hmm. and the early Middle uh, Age. And from there, it, it was a manuscript uh, used by uh, several uh, kings and queens uh, on the Middle e- Age. It was sort of um, European Union avant la lettre. Everything is fictional, but yeah. we worked a lot to put uh, some uh, truths yeah. uh, and... Uh, build around some truth, uh, some, uh, and mm-hmm. some only possible actions. We had a line on, um, on promoting that novel, 50% of history mm-hmm. and 25% of possible history and 25% possible, uh, 25% of it could be history. Okay. So this was the second. The third one is more like between a military thriller and uh, my reader said it's more like a love story. <laughs> uh, the third one is Somalia Monamur. It's about the pirates in Somalia, about Stelianis for the first time in love uh, uh, with Sofia Matei. She was a sort of negotiator to bring back some sailors, some Romanian sailors mm-hmm. by the uh, Somali pirates. Mm-hmm. And it's more uh, exotic. It was a very, very complicated uh, part on documentation. Very, very. I had a lot of friends in, in some African news agencies it, it takes almost a year to 
to make things very real. And yeah. it was the only uh, novel that I written in which I never been in the places mm-hmm. about when I uh, I read it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third one, uh, the first, uh, fourth of the series is uh, Kill the General. The fifth, it's the Passions of Madam Minister, and the main ex- uh, the main plot is in Copenhagen. And uh, the last one, which will be translated uh, this year, yes, is Resilience. Mm-hmm. It's a story between uh, Romania and United Kingdom, from Newcastle to London, and from Bucharest to Yash. Yes, a big city in the north of uh, northeast of Romania. Isn't it also bishopdom for the Catholic Church? A huge one in in Yash. Yes, in that region there are uh, some Catholic communities, very yeah. important because the north, uh, the north of the, the the northeast of the country, it was also part of uh, not not Yash but more north. It was part of uh, the Austrian Empire. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the name is Bukovina, the name yeah, of that region. Yeah, because our priest, the priest in the village where my parents live, he's from Romania, and he's from there. I'm uh, I'm I'm also theoretically half Catholic and half Orthodox because my mother was Catholic and my father was. Ah, okay. <laughs> so uh, for me, the Easter was great because we have <laughs> I have two Easter's. <laughs> I could eat eggs two times in each year. <laughs> That's great. It's the same with Christmas, isn't it? The Christmas is only one. Ah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah but <laughs> <laughs> two times Easter, not so bad at yeah. all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> a lot to do for the Easter bunny, but for us, it's hard okay. work. <laughs> And let's talk, let's talk a little about the fact that you've written six books and only three in the series have been translated into English. Uh, yeah, I have more than six. Six are in the... In the, the series. The Diamond Theory series, yeah. yeah but yeah. There, are, there is a little, another standalone. There yeah. are some others. Uh, mm. I've worked on non-fiction books, but yeah, there are only three translations that I'm, I think I'm very happy to have three books translated because usually the Romanian literature and Mainly that the Romanian crime fiction is not quite translated. I could say that we have one famous writer, Eugenio Vidukirovic, with the House of Mirrors. Yeah, the the yeah, it's translated. I know it's written directly in English and it's published first time in English. And I think we have some other uh, less than a dozen, less than ten novels translated in English. Mm-hmm. George Arion uh, with uh, two or three. Bogdan Teodorescu, also published by us, by Corillus, yeah. and Juana uh, Stoikamusha, also to, on, in uh, the first publisher of uh, that I told you, The Profusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, there are several others, but, uh, you know, Eastern Europe, I don't think was so interesting for Western countries. Do you think that has something to do still with the past, with the Iron Curtain? It's still not on our radar? No, I think uh, I think now the the Western countries, I mean the English market, is centered on on uh, them, mm-hmm. on the English authors. I mean English, I mean English language mm-hmm. authors, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of other countries in which English is yeah. the main yeah. uh, main uh, language. And uh, I think the the moment that uh, all all this last, let's say, 15, 20 years improved the image of Nordic Noir and now Nordic Noir it's overwhelming everything so yeah. uh, I think also the French uh, novels or German language novels that are not quite enough translated in in, uh, in UK or US markets 
Yeah. Maybe because they want to read some plots like they know. The the models of the novels must be in their way of uh, understanding things. So I don't think it's a problem of uh, Iron Curtain. I think it's maybe a problem of the the governments from several states from the mm-hmm. east which are not give more subsidies more grants to mm-hmm. improve the image but i think this will come i hope in the future but as i said uh, even french uh, even france has some problems yeah. to be to have some more uh, novels translated in english yeah. i think the most important authors from uh, from france they are not quite translated like uh, Tillier or uh, I don't know Bussy I don't know if it is translated so there are a lot a lot of translations to come on the english markets i mean english and and the uh, british and american yeah and how difficult was it for you to find a uh, publisher to translate your books because i saw that the first one and the second one were with different publishers yeah it was almost impossible you must have a lot of friends like my main characters <laughs> If you don't have connections and friends, it's almost impossible. Uh, my uh, the first book was uh, translated was Kill the General in uh, 2011, which was a very small publisher in which was a co-owner, a Romanian co-owner. She she is a, a cultural manager. She's, she's still stayed in, in uh, Ramona Mitrica in in London now, and she she's a very good friend with a British uh, crime writer, Mike Phillips. And they tried to do something more, and they translated uh, three novels in that period. But I don't think the British market was very impressed of our novels, and they didn't have enough money. I think mm-hmm. it's a problem of money to invest in in marketing and promotion. And I think we sold something around one thousand or less, five hundred, one thousand books of each. But at that time, we didn't have ebooks, and now I think on on the Corellus new strategy. Having ebooks is more uh, easy access for everybody from all around the world. So uh, yeah, it's much much easy and cheap to to buy an ebook and uh, from I don't know from Iceland to Sweden, mm. from uh, Africa and uh, Austria and to read a, a good translation. Yeah, the second translation, the Greek connection, it was made by a Canadian publisher. Huh? It was absolutely strange because Mosaic Press. Uh, it's owned by a, a friend, and he said, like a sort of uh, helping you. I want mm-hmm. to help you, mm-hmm. and translated that uh, Greek connection in Canada. But I think it was very strange for the Canadian market to <laughs> read something about Greeks and Romanians and Austrian, yeah. a very European police procedural crime. And I don't think I had too much success in sellings. And now we'll see with resilience, which which is more British because mm-hmm. I have some. British mm-hmm. characters. The the plot is. I don't want to say that I I have written this book for the English exclusively for the the, mm-hmm. the English market. But I had in my mind the idea to be translated and to have some you know some uh, some ideas some uh, triggers for a for a British uh, for a British reader. And I hope it will be okay. I don't know yet. So to make it a bit more appealing to British readers. To have something to relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they must have something to to understand, to to visualize. You know, a city from there, uh, yeah. um, policeman, uh, some some something that could be more yeah. familiar, not quite exotic like 
Romania. But I think in the future, if we could have more, uh, we don't have grants here yet. So all, all these books, uh, I mean, the sword, the first book translated of Bogdan Teodorescu, and we have before that another two uh, novels, Living Candles by Teodora Matei and The Zodiac by Ana Maria Ernesto. So my novel Resilience is the fourth Romanian novel translated by Corillus. I hope in the future with more and more Romanians and maybe Eastern writers, we could have a sort of small wave to yeah. create an image on uh, Eastern uh, or Balkan crime fiction. Yeah. And may I ask, how did you become an author with Corillus? How did that happen? Everything starts with a long conversation with Quentin Bates. Ah, okay. Six or seven years before. I don't know if I could tell you that, if it's not a secret, but let's talk only <laughs> for the years of you and I, yeah. you and I and okay. others. <laughs> so it, it starts in Târgumure, somewhere in Transylvania, in, in Romania. Mm -hmm. After a long conversation in the lobby of a hotel, let's do something for uh, uh, Eastern crime fiction and let's find a way to have a, a British uh, publishing house. And uh, it was like that. He knows that uh, I'm already translated at the time with the first two books. And yeah. I said, let's, let's be the pioneers. Let's be the first. But sincerely, I thought all this action to, to promote and to... Publish yeah. uh, exotic Eastern authors must be much, much easy. At the end, it was much, much more complicated than I thought. So I mean, I mean, not complicated. I mean, the you need a lot of money mm -hmm. and you need a lot of time. And all of us had another jobs. And if you don't have enough time and of course enough money, money, money to yeah. to promote, if you are a small indie publisher. It's not quite easy to fight with uh, some big, uh, big houses. Yeah, and I suppose Corona didn't help either. Ah, uh, no, no, absolutely. It was absolutely a, a awful moment to launch a new publisher. <laughs> <laughs> and are there any plans, let's say next year, to promote you and your fellow uh, authors from Corillus at one or the other event, like, I don't know, Harrogate any or, or any events. crime fiction event? Uh, yeah, I hope our uh, partner, Jackie Collins, is in charge with that. But first of all, I could tell you that this autumn, I hope we have a sort of author presentations in the Romanian Cultural Institute in London, if this Delta mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, coronavirus uh, variant will let us do yeah so in november we have we we think we can uh, make a sort of uh, small uh, cocktail mm -hmm. in a belgrade square one at the romanian culture institute with some journalists and with uh, two or three authors with mm -hmm. Monsanto Doresco, with me and maybe with another author just mm -hmm. promote um already published books and to speak about the future mm -hmm. because uh, Bogdan Torres has a new manuscript it's not yet translated in Romania about I, I think it's very very interesting I don't want to tell you more but it's about a coronavirus small city during the coronavirus quarantine in which some murders and uh, all the the suspects are all the uh, inhabitants of the city so. ah so a closed room uh, mystery exactly. in, in a bigger in a, scale yeah exactly yeah, yeah but with uh, 10,000 suspects it's more complicated <laughs> yeah, a tiny little bit yeah <laughs> yeah so Probably this will be for the future. We have also uh, an author, a uh, female author from uh, Transylvania, which already has a series with, uh, I would say, pathologists, 
uh-huh. woman pathologist uh-huh. for 2021. But let's see which will be the the future. But I think next year will be full if we could do that, full mm-hmm. of uh, events and festivals and uh, yeah. early March or April. It will be also London Book Festival in which we want to present and uh, I don't know promote. Uh, all our novels. Also this year, uh, Bogdan Teodorescu is invited to be a author during uh, Iceland Noir, if we'll have Iceland Noir in Reykjavik. Yeah. Uh, I was several years ago uh, at the first edition of Reykjavik Noir. Ah. Uh, so we have a history, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's not, a connection. Not, there, there is a connection with, and I'm I'm a little bit friend with some uh, Icelandic authors, with uh, Lee Asigut Ardotir and yeah. Matt Ragnar and uh, Jonasson and some others. So, yeah. um, you know, Quentin Bates is a great translator from yeah. Icelandic to yeah. English. Yeah. That's it. I think London, uh, November, Iceland Noir, also November this year, and several festivals next year to promote yeah. furiously our uh, Romanian authors, and in the same time, some uh, Icelandic authors, we already have two Icelandic authors, published mm-hmm. by Corillus, mm-hmm. and yeah. a French one, and it will be a Spanish author, ah, and we okay. will be like a normal, I think, normal publisher publishing, uh, yeah. not English, <laughs> <laughs> only foreign. <laughs> only foreign, well, foreign. foreign, yeah, yeah, I know. We had Solvik Balstotir on our show, yes, yes. and it, she's such a lovely person. And it gives us pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, and to, to get very, very. the inside knowledge, so to yes, speak. Yes, exactly. To look behind the, the, the scenes. Yeah. yeah. For us, it's interesting as readers. Yeah. And I also have another question for you. So while I was researching you and your books, there was this video, ah. The Killer Pasta, and I tried to click on it and nothing happens. So please, Bogdan, what about the recipe of The Killer Pasta? Oh, I don't know what's happened there. It, <laughs> it wasn't made by me, that uh, YouTube uh, film. Ah. <laughs> but uh, the killer pasta, it's a sort of uh, penne uh, alla radiata, much uh, Romanian style, you know. Ah. It's difficult to tell you in English because there are some herbs. Ah. I don't know the name of that herbs in English. Okay. Either in German, I know only the name in, in Romanian, but I... I love to cook. I, I really love to cook. And sometimes in, in uh, my novels, there are some recipes and uh, some restaurants and some uh, dishes to, to, to eat. I love that Andrea Camilleri novels and I love some other uh, novels in which the main characters has enough time to stop during the, the, the investigation and take a good, a good uh, dinner or a good lunch somewhere. I think it's also good for the the reader, and I think crime fiction novels are very important also for for tourists, for yep. connecting people, for uh, make another people more curious to see, yeah. to see I don't know Vienna or to see Reykjavik or to see London, yep. to eat somewhere in the corner. I have in, in even in Resilience, the new novel, I have some corners in uh, Bucharest in Yash. Mm-hmm. It's a very good restaurant in Yash, <laughs> under somewhere under a, a building, uh-huh. but also some restaurants in Newcastle mm-hmm. or in London. So it's not a sort of product placement, but it's also, <laughs> but it's only the my pleasure to show some places in which I was and in which I, I took some very good uh, food. Yeah. I love I love to eat, not only <laughs> so, so to eat. Yeah. So 
considering the restaurants in your book, we could go there and eat. So they're real places. Yeah, real places, real plates, uh, real food, and uh, and that killer pasta. It's uh, one day I want to to publish a book about the food that all in all these novels had uh, on uh, on the stomach. I would mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. eaten eaten by Estelian Montana, but I didn't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> But I could tell you a, a very big secret. It's not quite big. It's big for uh, uh, foreign uh, foreign readers, but not for Romanian because I several times uh, talking about that. Okay. My first book published, my debut was uh, a book with uh, recipes of salads published with a pen name mm -hmm. uh, a long time ago before the Greek connection. Because I, I don't know, somebody said that uh, if you are a man and you want to invite a woman in your house, <laughs> how you how you arrange uh, something to eat and something to drink. And I said, okay, you just open your fridge and see what you find there and <laughs> manage something. So the, the, the novel, the novel, no, the, the, the book was very, very uh, tiny like that. I think 100 pages with some uh, emergency receipts in case <laughs> you need to manage something to eat for a, a very nice person and for you of course never republished because i didn't have time and i now i love much more to to write crime fiction not uh, gastro fiction but i could tell you that i have some uh, collective volumes like some anthologies with the north of we have a uh, noir de bucharest Uh, some stories about Bucharest, and we'll we will we'll publish in a couple of weeks. Noir de Brasov, uh, Brasov, it's uh, right in the middle of the country in, in Pennsylvania, and some stories of that. And we have we have we had published uh, two or three years ago a gastro noir, so uh -huh. it's a collection, uh, uh, collective volume with stories about about uh, let's say killer food, but mm. quite killer. <laughs> But you could also do a Stelian's cookbook or something like this. Yeah, one, so, and, one day I will publish. And, and I think like the research would be really hard to do. Research? Yeah, <laughs> eating, no, cooking. No, because <laughs> I, I already, I already uh, eaten all that thing that I have not. So I, it's not. You could do I, it again, just for fun. Just, but it will be difficult to eat again all that uh, thing because. All that uh, dishes, plates are from all around the world. So from, uh, I don't know, Reykjavik to New York, from London to Thessaloniki, it will be complicated to travel again uh, and to see if there was there that the, the same uh, mm -hmm. uh, dishes are already mm -hmm. there. And since you said you love to eat, what was the worst food you have ever eaten? Coffee in US. <laughs> Coffee in New York. <laughs> The worst coffee that I ever... I, I love to drink coffee, you know? Yeah. Not tea, unfortunately. Yeah. So sorry. I, I prefer to drink... No, that's uh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I, I prefer to, to drink coffee. A lot of coffee. From all around the world. From Portugal. From Spain. From Italy. Except one place. Yeah. In New York, it was absolutely... Absolutely. But, you know, I was there for some... Two times for some book fairs, you know, for America book, book fair. I think it's yeah. something like that. And... Um, Each morning at the breakfast, uh, I was in a hotel, you know, that uh, open, uh, yeah. I say, uh, Swedish buffet uh, breakfast uh, with coffee. But it wasn't espresso or something like that. It was a sort of Americano filter coffee, uh. worst impossible to drink. And uh, after two or three days like that, I tried to find a restaurant with good coffee. <laughs> and I found, I have found, uh, of course, a Greek restaurant. <laughs> and I paid $7 for a 
really good coffee. <laughs> the guy from the Antus asked me, where are you come from? And I said, Romania. I said, okay, I'm Greek. I understand what you are. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> I'll give you a good coffee. <laughs> it was a good coffee, but a $7 coffee. Yeah, but it was worth it, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, I don't know worth Usually I, uh, I, I choose good food. I don't know. And I don't think I go in a in a restaurant in some yeah. place if I don't have some other people. I mean, not a recommendation from the internet, but some other people yeah. uh, which were there. My my fellow Bogdan Bogdan Todorescu, he's he's also a great traveler. He has a lot of souvenirs and he yeah. traveled a lot and he knows a lot of places all around the world uh, with good restaurants. I mean, not cheap restaurant yeah. and not the expensive restaurant and not cheap, but let's say representative or exotic mm -hmm. restaurants so for instance when i travel by car from romania to west passing next to vienna somewhere next to budapest on the highway yeah. it was a motel Lajosmice. they have a great goulash <laughs> i stopped there just to take that goulash, goulash. <laughs> and go forward you know? yeah we can understand that yeah. yep absolutely yeah. totally And we've done something similar with the coffee. Although it was in London. We stayed at the um, hotel and they had, like you said, this abhorrent filter coffee. And I said, I can't drink that. Sorry. That, it's impossible. <laughs> and then I realized they do have a coffee bar there. And all you had to do is order from there. It's, it cost a bit extra, but it, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't go on this coffee <laughs> any longer. A really good espresso. Yes. Wonderful yes. anytime. Yes, know. absolutely. I fully But agree. I prefer I prefer the Portuguese uh -huh. espresso, not the Italian one. Oh, why? How, how is it different? I don't know, but they have that Brazil. They they import some coffee from there and they roast it in a different place. And if you are going in the center in downtown, or in, I mean in center of the old town in Lisbon, it's coffee bar there called I think if I remember okay Nicola it's not a product placement <laughs> Nicola you can drink great coffee and the people around you are very old <laughs> people with hats and they are reading newspapers on paper you know ah. really it's absolutely you are like in the 30s yeah it sounds a, a good bit, coffee yeah, yeah. old people with hats good clothes uh, reading newspapers and a very good coffee it's in yeah in Lisbon. Lisbon. Sounds yes. like a place to visit. It sounds like a place yeah. to visit and it also sounds a bit like the old Austrian or Viennese coffee culture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. But I liked one of these cakes with it, this nata. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pashne is the nata, yes. Yeah, exactly. My, my wife uh, now uh, works in uh, The Hague, so I'm now in Romania. We are here for holidays. We are going back in, in uh, uh, The Hague. And uh, we just have found a Portuguese restaurant in The Hague. We want to go back there and try that uh, coffee and pastries. <laughs> oh, now I'm envious, to be honest. This coronavirus it was awful because we couldn't travel. And I, yeah. I love to travel a lot. Uh, it's not about uh, expensive travel because yeah. in Europe it's not quite difficult to travel. I mean, in the normal uh, times, not now. And uh, there are a lot of places to see, to stay, to drink coffee, to talk with people, yep. to uh, talk with the uh, waiters and uh, taxi drivers and uh, people on the street like that. No, may, may I tell you a, a great moment uh, that I have several years ago in, in Vienna? Yes, please. It was like that. 
it was with my wife before we were married. I just want to be a charming guy. <laughs> we were in a park and I saw a lady uh, with her dog and I uh, came uh, next to her and I said, Entschuldigen, my dear Fräulein, where is der Schloss, der Schloss Schönbrunn? And that woman looks to me with big eyes like that and said, so sorry, sir, I don't speak German. <laughs> So it was uh, <laughs> absolutely uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, my wife uh, left like you, and I said uh, my my German language uh, vocabulary it was only that one. <laughs> But it was a memorable moment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and did you find someone who spoke German in the park? I know, but uh, the the Schloss uh, Schönbrunn it was another 100 meters away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Bogdan, is there anything else you would like our listeners to know? What should they know? Your listeners must try East European crime writers. Your listeners must be very curious. I. I I have this conversation also with my students and the Romanian readers and from, with readers from all around the world. Be curious. Uh, read. You must read the others, not only mm -hmm. your people. You must try to see a different perspective, a different way of living. A different. I, I could say that we in the East, we are a sort of survivors mm -hmm. because we had wars and we have a lot of wars. We have after that the communist period. We had the Iron Curtain. And we are still there. Yeah. We are still laughing. We are still uh, writing, reading, uh, eating. <laughs> uh, yes. And you must try, as a reader, you must try to see a different way of living, a different way of managing a, mm -hmm. a, a, a murder or, a, mm -hmm. a, I don't know, to be curious to see maybe a new place, maybe to, to come to Bucharest or to Yasht and visit the, the cities. I think a, a crime fiction novel must help also tourism and to improve not the image of the author and sell a lot, but also to open a window to another country, to another yeah. place, to another city. That, that's it. Just be curious. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And is there anything or is there something that absolutely annoys you when people talk about Romania? Oh, now it's better. But some years ago... Everybody talks about uh, Ceausescu, Dracula, and that's all. And uh, about uh, there we are going to West and just to uh, pick the vegetables and uh, to work in agriculture and things like that. But now things are much, much better. All our IT engineers are in all the West and our students are invaded the all the West of uh, Europe. So I, I think uh, it's not a... About the Iron Curtain, I think it's more about a sort of a fog mm. on our minds. So we must publish more, more and more books. We must have more and more dialogues like that to not to improve the image, but to make an image. I don't think we have a bad image. I think in certain subjects, we don't have a, an image. Mm -hmm. And the problem, it could be also that we don't have too many readers, even in Romania. And I think Generally speaking, in all around the world, readers are not, the numbers of readers is not growing. So probably it will be in the future yeah. a little bit dangerous when you are saying that you are a writer. Yeah. I don't know. Let's say. But um, I think 
the the Balkan style and Romanian style of living and uh, even uh, solving uh, police investigation are it's so di- different, and we are uh, kind of exotic mm-hmm. for Western people, yeah. not for not for Austrian, but because we are I think more close. We we have the same area, but for uh, the British people, for yeah. Northern people, I think we are very different. And uh, if they are curious, they could discover a, a new place with sun and uh, good food and uh, and good people. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's uh, invite all the readers after they will read all uh, all our books to visit Romania and to eat in Romania and to drink good wine from Romania, of course, and enjoy the the landscape. The landscapes we have good, great mountains. I mean. You have great mountains, but <laughs> we also have some. Uh, yeah. And um, a lot of places with a, a lot of history and a lot of stories, legends. Not just Dracula. <laughs> no, we just Dracula, it's just a part of us, yeah. our, our history. And I don't think we must be directly linked with the history. I think we must be linked with the places first. Yeah. We must see the, the hills and the mountains and the monasteries and uh, uh, talk with the people. Yeah. And as i said already uh, like that uh, eat and drink and stay in, uh, at the table with a romanian and yeah. talk about food and talk about landscapes and talk about sheep yeah. and cows and dogs and everything uh, other things and i think even some of them they don't speak english or german you can find a way to talk with them yeah. with fingers yeah <laughs> I think so too, yeah. And the, the first steps could be by reading a book set there to get to yeah. to get to know a bit about the exactly. people and the, the culture there. You know that we have that that movies made by I don't know uh, BBC or uh, National Geographic that Wild Carpathia. There are some uh, movies about uh, the wild part of uh, Romania, the the nature in Romania. I think the the people who want to see some really wild places. Could, could come in Romania and to see the mountains. They are really, really wild. I saw this documentary a few years back about, like we spoke about it, about the River Danube, especially where it flows into the Black Sea. Yeah, the Danube Delta, it's absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and lots of interesting animals that live there and such things. It's fairly untouched in some areas. Yes, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. it's a sort of uh, nature protected yeah. park. And there, there are some tiny cities, tiny towns there. Sulina, it was it, it, it's, it's a great small uh, town there. Very because uh, you can say cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan in in English. I don't know international. Mm-hmm. During the 19th century, it was an open city with uh, guarantees from uh, the Turks, Ottoman Empire, and the Austrian Empire and the Russian Empire because they want to keep the that part of uh, the Danube free for all the countries. Mm-hmm. Ah. So it was a very an, uh, city open, mm-hmm. I mean, in, international free city state, free city uh, with a British government, with some uh, British war navies, uh, war uh, ships there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with uh, 17 different churches from uh, Catholic to, I don't know, um, Orthodox Arab, uh, Jewish. Uh, so it was a very international city. Now it's not quite like that, but we still preserved some yeah. of that uh, mm-hmm. heritage. So people pe- people from all around the world could find something interesting in uh, 
in Romania. But first of all, read the books. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Indeed, read the books because you can do so, at least from your series, to remind our listeners again. Kill the General was yes. the first one that was translated into English. The Greek Connection was the second one translated into English. And the new one is called Resilience. Coming very soon. Coming very soon to you in English. Yes, it's the sixth. And I think it's much, much complex than the others. And it's much uh, European-oriented uh, novel. And it's very, you know, um, very modern because it's about fake news. The plot is in uh, 2019 with some strange uh, actions and uh, fake news. And uh, I think it's a very modern uh, way of viewing things. More thriller than crime fiction, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. But still with a main character from Romania. Yes. It's more European, I think, in nowadays. He could travel all around the world, all, all around Europe. I mean, it, it was just before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> When we still could travel yeah. without any restrictions at all. Bogdan, it was such a pleasure talking to you. It was really fun talking to you. We learned a lot about Romania. Yeah, that's true. Thank you very, very much. Anytime that I could uh, come... Uh, With 30 seconds or one minute of more information, it will be my real pleasure to, to help, I don't know, a reader or a tourist or somebody. And yeah, the next you time much. you are in Vienna, let us know. Absolutely. It's a promise. We hold you to that promise because yeah, you have, absolutely. and we could meet up for a beer or coffee. Okay. Ah, beer okay. and the coffee <laughs> and the schnitzel, please. Yes, please, yeah. schnitzel. yes, yes, we What can. No problem. We, we can do that as soon as it's possible. We we would look forward to it to meet in person. It would it's be a fun. promise. It's a promise. Wonderful. In one year from now, we will meet somewhere in Vienna. Yes, we. Okay, I put it in my in my in calendar. Diary. Yeah, in my diary. Too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, great. So. Thank you and have a nice Saturday. Thank you all. It was a Thank pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. For, Thank for you. me also. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did and we'll meet again at Book Lovers Companion.